0: I haven't been this excited about a new Dolphins head coach in maybe forever. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. <laughs> Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 1063. The Miami Dolphins have a new head coach, and he looks more suited to be a Dungeons & Dragons master than he does leading an NFL team. And me, personally... As a nerdy-looking person, I love it. I adore it. And we're going to talk about it. Ken LeVick Alive Monday here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine accident attorney studios downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Tower is right off of the typical Florida winter intracoastal. Friday night light, Stone Labanowitz, fresh off of a weekend of Olympic women's hockey is running things until 2 o'clock. Before we talk Dolphins, before we talk Mike McDaniel, Stone, I did it. I ran the damn Miami Marathon in under four hours yesterday. You did it. What is up? I did it. It was brutal. Uh, The final six miles, I'm glad there was nobody there to document me and what I was doing physically Because it was ugly, but I found a way to grind through. Three hours, 58 minutes, 22 seconds. Stone, that's a damn win.
1: Hell yeah, it is. I've been meaning to ask, at what point did you realize, wow, I'm going to cut it close? Uh, um,
0: All right. So my body started to, all right. I'm trying to decide if this was more a physical problem or more a mental problem. Because I physically felt great up until like mile 19, okay? Like I felt fine. Like tired, but I was pushing. Everything's good. I was making it a point of every time I saw spectators who were cheering people on, acknowledging them, smiling. There was a photographer, like <laughs> posing. Because I want to keep my spirits up, you know. Sure. And that worked through mile 20. And then uh there was a long run from Brickle to Coconut Grove. That's probably four and a half, five miles. And that was going to be the main portion of the last uh, the last half of the marathon. And so As we're running to Coconut Grove, I'm like, when does this turn? When do we turn? When do we turn? And I could not see it. Just kept running, kept running, kept running. No turn. Still going south when the finish line is very much north. And that's when I started to get messed up. And that's when I started to feel really tired and really worn down. Because it was not only, we're still running south a ton. And the finish line's up north. It's We still have to turn around to do this entire stretch again. And that's when I really started to fight it. And so right around mile 22, I'm like, man, if I have to slow down my pace significantly to keep moving, I, I, I'm a little nervous because my pace was good up until like, I need to kind of scale it down a lot. Right. And do I, have I built up enough equity in the first 19 miles to not completely lose this entire thing? So then I got to mile 23, then I got to mile 24, and I'm like... All right, I'm still okay, but man, I had to slow it down big time at mile 24, and I thought about, all right, I'll run half mile of this, and then I'll really gear it down again so I can push at mile 25, but you know what? At mile like 24 and a half, I'm like, one, I'm a little nervous about my time, and two, my family, if they see me really (laughs) struggling here the last mile and a half, I'm going to be embarrassed, so I pushed it, and I I I was fighting nausea. My body was shaking. There was a a big elevated bridge that you had to go over right before you headed to the final stretch because the course was evil. But I found a way to do it, and I got through, and everything worked out. I got my under four. I feel great about it. I'm 37, and to be able to do something like that when I took up running two years ago—no doubt, I'll take it. It's a life accomplishment. I'll take it. It is. It is. And I—I I, I did not run in high school. I did not run in college. I didn't do any of that. So if I took this up because I lost a bunch of weight and I wanted to keep it off two years ago, and now I've run a sub four major North American marathon. You know, you know what it know? is? I feel good
1: about it. You know what it is? It's badass. Yeah. It's I it.
0: appreciate that. No doubt about it. And I want to make sure that we're abundantly clear about something. Uh, Christina Costanza called on Friday in our Cullapalooza here on Ken Levick Alive Talking right. Marathon. Christina Costanza said, even though I have an abject hatred of Crocs, she said, oh, if you get under four hours and 30 minutes, we knew that was going to happen, um, unless my my Achilles blew up. I'm going to get you Crocs, blue Crocs. Tina, crack me, damn it! <laughs>
1: Where are those Crocs? She did ask you your favorite color. And it, it took you like 10 seconds and you sadly said "You know, you, didn't, you know what?
0: Because here's the thing now. I hate Crocs, but you know what? Now it's going to be a symbol of my achievement. Hell yes. I may not wear them, and I'm certainly not going to four-wheel drive them, you dorks, but I'm going to hoist them up as an achievement. You can put them on a necklace or something <laughs> to wear, man. It's going to be a heavy-ass <laughs> necklace because they're big and rubber and impossible to, uh, to wear as any sort of fashion statement. All right. Let's talk Dolphins, let's talk coaches. The Dolphins have their man. You heard Evan Cohen talking about it at 11.55. He thought Stephen Ross, the allegations Brian Flores made about him, $100,000 per loss 2019, was going to make this a very difficult, very impossible coaching search. A couple of days ago, Evan speculated that maybe just, maybe the Dolphins should go get someone who's very invested in the franchise, very invested in the success of the team, and someone that... Uh, can look past the transgressions alleged of the owner because he has so much passion for the brand and for the logo and for the franchise just to write the ship, just to be a placeholder, and he suggested Jason Taylor. And you know what? It was silly, kind of funny. I actually didn't hate it. <laughs> I, I I did not hate Evan's suggestion, but it turns out none of that came to fruition. None of the distancing themselves from the Dolphins. None of the... the um, Oh, I don't know. This might be too toxic type of conversations. And Pat Lawler told us on Friday, our sports agent and sports law insider stone, he said, hey, if I'm a candidate, whether it's Mike McDaniel, whether it's Kellen Moore, I'm not asking questions about the owner. I'm not asking questions about the work environment. You handle it like a job interview, like you normally would for a head coach and all the other stuff. You worry about that later, but you worry about what you're inheriting. You worry about doing your job and getting that job and then doing that job once you get the head coaching position. And then last night, we finally hear Marcel Louis-Jacques, our friend from ESPN, Dolphins reporter. He joined Sports Center with this breaking news. After nearly a month-long coaching search, the Dolphins have their guy. It's former 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. I'm told that he was so impressive during his first interview with the team, a 50-minute Zoom call earlier this offseason, that they were willing to wait on their final decision until they were able to bring him in the building. In the time after that interview, I'm told Dolphins owner Stephen Ross had conversations with Rams
1: coach Sean McVay and Packers coach Matt LaFleur, who both praised their former co-worker. Remember, they were all on that same Washington staff during the early 2010s. Then this
0: Friday, McDaniel sealed the deal with an extraordinary interview that spanned most of the day. Miami did interview Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore on Saturday, but opted for the NFL experience and the innovation that McDaniel brings to the table. The Dolphins don't do many things right. We know that. It has been a really bad last week for the Dolphins. It's been a really bad last, for the most part, 20 years for the Dolphins. I said several weeks ago, I wanted the Dolphins to go get someone who had head coaching experience. Would I have preferred a Doug Peterson? Yeah, and I'm wondering why there weren't extensive conversations. He's in Jacksonville now. Would I have preferred Brian Dable, who had previously worked with Tua? Yeah, probably. But I have to say, maybe it's because he doesn't look the part or sound the part. He is quote-unquote nerdy. He looks unconventional. You can't picture him stalking a sideline. But the way football is going, and it's proved by Kyle Shanahan, and it's proved by Sean McVay, who is five days away from coaching in his second Super Bowl, okay? And it's proven by Matt LaFleur, who's a back-to-back NFC uh, championship game head coach. It doesn't matter how you look. What matters is how you game plan. What matters is how you keep a defense off its heels. What matters is your dedication to detail. And to me, the name out there that was remaining for the Dolphins, the guy who has shown he pays attention to detail more than anybody who is still available, the one that is best suited to create matchup problems, to put a deficiency-laden offense, and – Quarterback in the best position to succeed, not having to rely solely on talent? It's Mike McDaniel. No doubt about it. The Dolphins won. The Dolphins found the right guy to be their head coach. Mike McDaniel, I love it. And I understand that he looks weird. He looks unlike any other NFL head coach we have ever seen. In fact, listen. To some of these press conference moments that Mike McDaniel had in San Francisco as the offensive coordinator when he met weekly with local media listen to how awkward this guy is
1: excited to be here uh equally excited for you guys to truly take in how physically imposing I am so whenever you guys are ready to start let's do it guys again what what do we got you guys got anything going on just hanging out in the auditorium. <laughs> all right. Just gonna drag it out of me, huh? God, make you do all the work. What do you guys got for me? I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> all right. See you guys. So how we doing? <laughs> what what are we you got? What is he doing? That's a cool question because that's. Um, that's kind of how past, your pass game, you want it to be. There's a rhythm and timing to everything. I have a history of smaller offensive linemen, um, but that's, uh, really, we haven't invested second-round draft picks into offensive linemen. We'd prefer everyone to be 400 pounds and 6'10", if, if you could if you could engineer that. All right, guys. That's all? That was fun. See you, guys. <laughs> like... He, he, he
0: is so awkward. I mean, Stone, he is so awkward. In a, in a football world where, especially in the offensive side of the ball, you think, like, you're cool. You're the cool guy. You know, the offensive mind, the hot shot offensive mind. And look at it, in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury, it's a hot dude. Sean McVay, hot dude.
1: Matt LaFleur, hot dude. Mike <laughs> McDaniel, he'll fix your computer. No doubt. I think, like, a a coaching candidate's, like, strongest thing as far as in an interview or getting a job is, like, your offensive portfolio at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. it is what's hot. That's why guys like Kellen Moore under the age of 30 are, like, getting these interviews. Mike Daniel, as nerdy as he is and as weird as he is, that playbook that he brings into that interview... If it wows you, and I'm sure it does, because he's got it going on, and the coaching tree he comes from is straight offense, and that's what the Dolphins name. It was a no-brainer. You mentioned it. A no-brainer. I think under the circumstances, they executed this to perfection.
0: Mike McDaniel, I love it. I, I do too. Love it. Because it's outside the box. Because it is a risk. But what do you have to lose at this point? You've hired the disciplinarian and Tony Sperano. Didn't work out. Okay? You hired the offensive coordinator of the all-world Hall of Fame talent, Aaron Rodgers. Didn't work out. You hired the hot shot quarterback guru who helped lead a Hall of Fame quarterback to a championship late in his career. Didn't work out. You then went and got the Belichick Disciple didn't work out because he allegedly couldn't get along with others. So, why not go with the guy who pulled every possible thing he could out of a limited quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo and helped a franchise go to a Super Bowl twice or go to a Super Bowl once and then nearly go a second time with that same quarterback? A guy who was a major part of of architecting those offenses to maximize what was on the roster as opposed to saying, "Uh, well, we just don't have enough and we need to build it better. No. They had what they had, and they maximized what they had. Why not do that? Because what Mike McDaniel is inheriting with the Dolphins, with a limited offensive side of the ball, and to many, a limited quarterback, I truly believe what he did in San Francisco – In a similar situation, he makes the Dolphins look smart because he was the perfect candidate for this job. It's not the most talented group, but it's going to be the group that's going to allow you to scheme most to put them in a position to succeed. A position to succeed. And that's why this is an excellent hire by the Dolphins. Is Mike McDaniel a good head coaching hire? Is Mike McDaniel a good head coaching hire for the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us, at KLV1063. And again, 888-760-3776. The Dolphins have their guy. It is the guy who doesn't look in any way, shape, or form like a head coach. It's Mike McDaniel. He's been described as a nerd. He's been described as quirky. He's been described as awkward. I mean, Stone, you've spent your life in football, whether it is peewee level, whether it is high school football, hot shot at South Fork, whether it is playoff game, winning quarterback at Southern Illinois at the Division I level. I assure you, you have never had a coach who has looked and acted quite like Mike McDaniel.
1: Absolutely not. No shot. So for
0: you, you see that, and your football mind it translates it initially. Initially as what?
1: Because you I weren't sold on him at first. And I think a lot of it right. had to do with appearance. I mean, yeah, but I, that's what's coming up nowadays. Like, eventually every college and any, every NFL team is going to have these types of guys on their staff. Like, you need them. You need the guys who are in the GA office cooking up film and cooking up. You know, he, he was one of the best run game coordinators, you know, they said in the past like decade. Like, like that's a feat in itself. So you need those nerdy guys who are watching 12 hours of film a day and night to set you up for success, especially for a guy like Kyle Shanahan. So I just think there's more guys like this coming. And the coolest part to me is, as far as you know, the Dolphins go, the fans were so on edge and so ready to cook the ownership and everything for another bad hire, right? We were just waiting for it. And then they hired Mike McDaniel. And now nothing bad is really being said. It's more so like a pleasant, like, oh, Let's well, see how this is what we needed. But I still think, and let's hear from Keyshawn Johnson. Um uh, this morning
0: here on ESPN 1063, you hear him every day 6 to 10 a.m. with Max Kellerman uh and Jay Williams. Here's here's Keyshawn Johnson's take on the Mike McDaniel
1: hire. I think it's a good hire if that's what they want to do. They went after Brian Dable. That didn't work out. They looked at other offensive minded coaches. The question is to me, is who's going to actually call the plays and who's going to put things in motion. Okay. One,
0: what does "put things in motion" mean? I, I don't. I, I. don't know what that that means because he's not talking about on the field. I think that that's just sort of a lazy critique. Very lazy of Mike McDaniel. Who's going to call the plays? He is. I think he is. He didn't call the plays in San Francisco. I think this is his opportunity now exactly. to call the plays. But there is way too much put on coaching candidates who did not call plays at their previous location. Is play calling important? Sure. You want to make sure that you have the right call at the right time in a game. But does that disqualify
1: someone from being a head coach? Absolutely not. I can tell you firsthand. Like my quarterback coach, like and I only speak you know about being being a quarterback, but he knew what plays I was comfortable with mm-hmm. on third down. Mm-hmm. So like in a sense he's calling the plays on third down. Like, he's going on the mic to the head coach or the actual coordinator, and he's like, hey, we're going with A, B, or C. Yep. He's best with A, B, or C. The head coach doesn't know that. I mean, he might because they staff meet for hours on end. But, yeah, quarterback coaches, wide receiver coaches, hey, what route does Odell want to run here? on It's second and four. We can take a shot. Oh, he likes this, this, and this. Yep. So, basically, that wide receiver coach is calling the play there. But I, I, I hear so much about, oh, he, he didn't call the plays. That
0: makes me uncomfortable. And I think Dolphins fans are burned because Joe Philbin – did not call the plays in Green Bay, came down here, and then he was an abject disaster. Right. That said, being the offensive coordinator for an offense that really ran itself with Aaron Rodgers in charge, you knew you could lean on that quarterback and it, he had control at the line. He could change anything that he wanted to. Like that was really sort of a uh driving an automatic. Right. <laughs> like that was cruise control. No right. Doubt. So then you have Mike McDaniel who had a quarterback that, while a veteran, he he had his limitations. And you needed to put him in the best position. I keep going back to it, but that's what I love about Mike McDaniel. He is coming in, and he has the ability to put players in the best position to succeed. And so he comes in and designs the plays and communicates with the quarterback. Hey, what do you feel comfortable with in these situations, in these situations, in these situations? It's different than Joe Philbin. Okay, It is just different than Joe Philbin because, again, he was having to game plan for a limited quarterback, not a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. I think this is going to be a great thing for Tua. I think it's going to be a great thing for the Dolphins' running game. And I think if he can win over the locker room, the Dolphins certainly have a lot of upside. We'll see what he does with the coordinators. I agree with you. I think he'll probably call the plays, but it does not mean that he's going to go full dictator and everything that he says goes because he's been around enough staffs in that Shanahan tree to know that there needs to be a back and forth, to know that there's a give and take, to know that it's a community effort and not just a singular leadership role where I do all. That's, what, that's why all of these Shanahan disciples have gotten jobs. Absolutely. And have succeeded in these jobs because they have the similar structural organizational mindset. This was the right hire to make. I am super jacked about it. And you make a point about the running game. Ah, analytics. Ah, these young coaches. Ah, football, numbers are, it's so boring. And it doesn't really make a difference. You're either tough or you're not. The old school football coach or the ignorant football coach doesn't want to hear about analytics at all. Mike McDaniel, is he in analytics? Are they into trends? Yes. Why? Because it's smart. But Mike McDaniel, if you're an old school football fan, you should be appreciating this guy. Because of what you said, Stone, this guy is dedicated to the run look at these san francisco teams yeah load up on the line you're sending linemen in motion you have a fullback you have h-back sets you're trying to i mean they they legitimately in an nfl where the passing game is king they were trying to go 60 40 run oh yeah with those offenses they were everything they did was predicated on the run part of that is it's much easier for your limited quarterback to succeed when the defense has to respect your run. Guess what? It's the same exact situation with the Dolphins. Why wouldn't the Dolphins make this hire?
1: Right. San Francisco top five rushing attack in the NFL all season long. Yes. Time and time again. And what sticks out to me, a lot of the times when breaking down George Kittle's film, he's so good in the run game at blocking, putting hand in the dirt. We have Mike Jacecki. I mean, they're similar body body structures. I, I think, just we we're going to see him put his hand in the dirt mm-hmm. and tell Mike McDaniels, hey, I'm there for you. That's, if that's what we need to do, I'm here for it. So I, I think it is exactly what the Dolphins need. And we talked about a limited quarterback. We have to take some weight off of Tua's shoulders and be able to run the ball. Yep. And, and, and we, that's the one of the biggest issues with Tua, is that he was asked to
0: do too much. Does that, that make absolutely. him a franchise quarterback, or does that make you frustrated about your quote-unquote franchise quarterback? Yes. It, it should. It should. I agree. Is that a problem? Yeah. But You've got him. So if you want to win, you've got to find a way to overcome that. Okay? Travis Wingfield, uh, who does outstanding work with the Drive Time podcast, and he's part of the Dolphins Podcast Network, he put together a really impressive thread uh, on Twitter talking about what Mike McDaniel brings to the table from a running standpoint. Here's some of the tweets. The commitment to the running game stands out, especially we consider that the Niners' run play percentage kept pace with teams like Baltimore and Philadelphia, who saw their quarterbacks run a combined 338 times this year compared to San Francisco, who had just 76 quarterback runs. McDaniel was on a staff that saw Julian Jones produce the third highest receiving yardage in NFL history. Coach Pierre Garçon of the league's best 113 receptions in 2013. By the way, Pierre Garçon joins us in just a couple of minutes here on Ken Lavica Live Now, This is the meat of the running game. He had four different leading rushers in San Francisco in five years. Three different 500-yard rushers in 2019. That happened to be a Super Bowl season for San Francisco. In the last three years, the Niners have ranked eighth, fifth, and third in play-action passing yardage. What sets up the play-action pass, Stone? The run.
1: (laughs) This is, again... And two is really good in the RPO game, in the play action, quick game kind of stuff. That's where, he thrives. where he's at his best. Absolutely, in the RPO come on, and baby! Play
0: action pass. So we can we can bemoan not getting Brian Dable. We can bemoan uh, bringing in a guy who never had any head coaching experience. Doug Peterson going to Jacksonville, but for the Dolphins and what they have offensively, a struggling offensive line with a quarterback that you still don't know about yet, but you have a capable tight end and you have receivers that you're trying to unlock, and a running game that's been non-existent. The Dolphins haven't been top 10 in total offense since 1998. That's the longest drought in the NFL. Why would you complain about this hire? Because he doesn't look like a head coach. Because he doesn't act like a head coach. Sorry. Get over yourself and what you think football is, and realize where football is going. He's got an old-school football mindset on the field. Punch you in the mouth with a analytics modern-day brain. I love it. It's Mike McDaniel a good hire. He's the new head coach of the Dolphins. Is Mike McDaniel a good hire? And it's McDaniel, not McDaniel's. Mike McDaniel, 888 760 3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palmas. Mike McDaniel, a good hire. I am all in on this. I'm also all in on the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. It is has adjusted, much like the offensive mindsets in the NFL have adjusted over the decades. That's right, I said decades. 22 years they've been doing it. The fau MBA Sport Management Program putting you in the position you need to be the position to succeed to go into the sports industry fau.edu slash sport. it is a vast world the sports industry this will help guide you into where you want to go within the sports industry it's so much more than just being an agent it's so much more than just working in a front office it is expansive find your niche the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, FAU.edu slash Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The Dolphins Avenue head coach, it's Mike McDaniel. Is Mike McDaniel a good hire for the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavicka. Why not? Why? Why not Mike McDaniel as the Dolphins coach? I'll explain in a second, but... At this point, with the Dolphins, anything you've done over decades hasn't worked. There hasn't been any staying power. So at this point, if you have questions, that's fine. But why not? Why not? Because in Dolphins territory, we've sort of gotten to a point where, what do you have to lose? What, what do you have to lose? Ken Levick, live presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash sport. So Mike McDaniel comes in as the new Dolphins head coach. The announcement was made around six o'clock last night, and so you've you've got a guy that he bucks trends, right? And I I'd rather have an outside the box thinker than someone who's going to make for a good post game video after a win where he's frothing at the mouth and screaming and yelling and head butting. Helmeted players and handing out game balls and that 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 is not winning football. Just because he doesn't look the part, just because he's spindly and uh, looks like the 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 guy you used to game with back in high school, I, it doesn't mean anything. I, I I truly think Stone that the the, the biggest issue that football fans, not just Dolphins fans, but football fans have with Mike McDaniel is his personal appearance. I think that that, coupled with how he speaks, that is, to me, it's a perfect case of making a judgment at first glance. They can't believe that this guy could command a locker room. And I'm telling you, commanding a locker room is not that difficult. You treat people well, guess what? You're going to be able to command a locker room.
1: Right. I I, I will tell you, I'm a little worried about some of these post practice speeches. Like, I mean, has he done it? I'm I'm not quite sure. But why does it matter? I I mean, just for the, you know how social media is, just Twitter is going to work him to death if he gets in front of this. Professional, you know, Miami Dolphins team, and and sits them down, and they're all on one knee in the first week of camp, and he just says some weird crap. Like I'm just a little worried, but at the same time, I'm behind it. I think it's awesome, and I think it is where we are trending, you know, as a league in the NFL right now. But just, just a little worried. See,
0: that's where this is. This is you showing a little bit of your football meatball, and that's fine for sure. It's you. You played it for a long time at a high level. And so I get it. You have a little football meatball, in you know what's gonna kind of offset fans' concerns about how he pumps up his team, which again is the most overrated thing in all of sports because we see it in movies and think that oh yeah, halftime speech <laughs> that's gonna inspire the team to win. No, you're using the wind. R- yeah, you know what? You know what? What inspires a team is knowing that their coach is game planning, out game planning the opposition, and putting them in a spot where they can be maximized. Mike McDaniel, and we're going to talk to Pierre Garçon, uh, who uh, was with the Redskins, now the Commanders, but then the Redskins, uh, in his NFL-leading reception season of 2013. Guess who his wide receivers coach was? Mike McDaniel. And then when he finished career in San Francisco, guess who the run game coordinator turned offensive coordinator was? Mike McDaniel. Pierre Garçon knows Mike McDaniel extremely well. Mike McDaniel is always looking for the matchup. He is always trying to put his players in a spot where they're going to be maximized. That is going to go a lot longer way for both the guys in that locker room and the fans on the outside than whether or not he's pumping up the troops after a practice at training camp or in the locker room before a game. Uh, he, 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 We don't need... Uh inches is all you need, Al Pacino type speech from uh from from Mike McDaniel. We just need him to establish a running game. We need him to put the Dolphins in a position to make the playoffs. We need him to beat Bill Belichick. I mean Robert Sala straight up said, the Jets head coach just a week ago, I hope Mike McDaniel doesn't come to the division. I mean, that says all you need to know. I missed that. Yeah. I, I mean, Mike McDaniel is outside the box, and if you're the Dolphins, what do you have to lose? As I said earlier, Tony Sperano, disciplinarian. The basics. That didn't work. Had one playoff appearance, and then things fell off massively. Joe Philbin, offensive coordinator of a Hall of Fame quarterback, didn't work. Adam Gase, offensive coordinator of a Hall of Fame quarterback, didn't work. Brian Flores, Belichick disciple, you won some games, didn't work because he also has a bit of that Belichick approach to him. So why not go with the guy who maximized a limited quarterback into a Super Bowl appearance and to within 90 seconds of a second one and completely overhauled a devastating 49ers run game. Where everyone bought into what they were trying to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate the fact that the Dolphins didn't let the last week distract them from going to get their guy. I think that's the most important thing out of all this. Like, it was executed so well by the Dolphins. People, I I, I do think that there are football fans based on what the last week was for the Dolphins that were rooting against them and hoped that this coaching situation, this hiring process would become... A complete joke would we'll become a clown show. Would we'll turn into whatever the Texans are doing right now, where apparently Brian Flores is no longer a front runner. Josh McCown has been informed he's not going to be the next Texans head coach. And now Lovey Smith. Lovey <laughs> Smith appears to be the favorite. I don't know what the Texans are doing. The Dolphins somehow, with all the bad press, bucked that and got their guy, who is, to me, one of the more riveting hires we've seen of an NFL head coach in years. I agree. In years. And I love it because it's unorthodox. You have hired every single type of other coach, and it has not worked. Now, the one box they did not check, though, was former head coach. And I I, I get the criticism of that. I absolutely do. In fact, Dave Hyde uh, wrote about it today in the Sun Sentinel. Let me read a little bit of this here. The Dolphins' brain trust is saying with this decision, they not only see greatness in McDaniel, they're saying they see something no one else did at all in not interviewing him. There were nine coaching openings this NFL cycle. Jacksonville interviewed 12, Chicago interviewed 11, Denver and Minnesota 10 each. Many of the names overlapped, including the other finalists for the Dolphins' job, Dallas Offensive Coordinator, Kellen Moore. Only the Dolphins interviewed McDaniel. That's what you like in some form, an organization going out on a limb making a bold hire. A guy that no one else had the foresight to hire. Maybe it plays out that way. Maybe the Dolphins' brain trust has learned that much from previous mistakes. But Stephen Ross and Chris Greer have to understand, Dolphins fans are watching them as closely as they did the Dolphins on the field this past season. This is probably the best way to ensure the next few years don't play out like the last few or the few before that. Why didn't the Dolphins interview a larger name? Like Jim Harbaugh, did Ross really not want to raid Michigan of a proven NFL coach? And why not even interview a Super Bowl-winning coach like Doug Peterson, who ended up in Jacksonville? These are legitimate questions. I mean, they are. And I'm sure Dolphins fans, because it's Twitter, are just lighting up Dave Hyde on Twitter. But those are legitimate questions. Why didn't they go after those guys? But I also feel like you've seen Doug Peterson. You've seen his game management issues. Yes, he won the Super Bowl, but what ultimately got him fired in Philadelphia? I mean, a terrible game manager, especially late in games. Just absolutely dreadful. Jim Harbaugh, I, I I wanted him, but I'm okay with it. I mean, he is ragged. He is unpredictable. Uh, Him going to Minnesota, thinking he was getting an offer. It didn't happen, and then he flees
1: back to Michigan. I don't know. I mean, and if it didn't work in the first place, it would have blown up in all of our faces mm-hmm. like with that Jim Harbaugh hire. Well, and the, here's the thing with the Jim Harbaugh hire,
0: too. I mean, the Dolphins are in the self-preservation. If Mike McDaniel doesn't work out, that's not going to be the end-all, be-all of Stephen Ross's ownership. If you got Jim Harbaugh and still lost because he's the great Jim Harbaugh, then you start having massive discussions about a fan base revolting and Stephen Ross having to think about relinquishing the team. But with Mike McDaniel, did I say Mike McCarthy earlier, by the way? No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't know why. I was worried all day that I was going to say Mike McCarthy. Mike McDaniel doesn't work out. You can just say, hey, we took a chance on the the, the established, bold, unique mind. Didn't work. So now we'll go get an established guy. There is some self-preservation in this hire as well. But what I'm saying, and this is not just Dolphins fans, NFL fans, you're about to see One of the most bold hires that we have seen of an NFL head coach because he is unconventional and he is unorthodox and he doesn't play the part. He's not going to stand up there and grumble when things are going poorly so that you know, your football brain knows that he's upset and he's demanding more. He's quirky. And I understand he's going to walk up to the podium, crack some jokes, and there are going to be fans and media. They're going to say, see, he doesn't care. He's not invested enough. No, I like it. I like it. Because even when things go poorly, and I'm sure they will initially, you always know what you're going to get from the guy. I like that. He, he, he seems as authentic as they come. And he's not like some new brash hire that doesn't know the NFL. He's been in the NFL for 15 years. Again, under one of the most successful coaching trees that currently lives in the NFL. That Shanahan coaching tree. I love the hire. It's easy to bag on the Dolphins. Totally easy to bag on the Dolphins. And they deserve it. They got this one right. This is a good thing. This, I think, leads to success, at least the way the Dolphins are currently constituted. He was the best way to start pulling some production and have the offense hold up their end of the bargain, leading to wins with this Dolphins team. Mike McDaniel, it doesn't look like a coach. Doesn't sound like a coach. Doesn't seem like a coach at first glance. He's the new head coach of the Dolphins. Is he a good hire? Is Mike McDaniel a good hire? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And go ahead and tweet at us, at KLV1063. That's at KLV1063. When we return, we talk... To a man who played under Mike McDaniel, both in Washington, where he had his best season as a wide receiver and the best receiving season in the NFL in 2013, and, of course, in San Francisco as well, Pierre Garçon, the Palm Beach County product. He'll talk Mike McDaniel and what it's like to be coached by him when we come back. Along with Stone Lebano it's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.